Hello and welcome to Dr. Colbert and I'm Mary Colbert and our podcast today on health. I'm so excited to be here, Don. What you yep. have to say is so powerful and you've got so much revelation and wisdom. Yes, I'm talking from the book, uh, The Hormone Zone. And uh, it's amazing, but we are hormonal beings. But as so many people age, their hormones become depleted. And as a result, they lose the zest for life. They become tired and burnt out, and they don't have the passion that they had. And then they kind of fizzle out, and they're not able to be productive as they age especially. Today, we're going to be talking about the key stress hormones. And this is the adrenal gland. The adrenal gland is very important. And it actually comes from Chapter 9 of my book, The Hormone Zone. I'm so excited about this. And before we start that, I just want people to know that we are faith people. We believe that the Word of God is the ultimate authority concerning your health. And I just want you to hear this. Therefore, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk after the flesh, but after the Spirit, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. God wants you to be a person who seeks after him and his word, and he's the ultimate authority. But the balance in this that we're trying to bring to the body of Christ is that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And there is fuel that God's laws, health laws, that you must put into this body for it to produce the ultimate results. You cannot put garbage in and think that nothing but garbage is going to come out. You have got to know the health laws that God designed your body to walk in to ultimately walk in divine health. Because that's God's perfect plan. You cannot violate laws of God and think that you are going to get the same results. You're just not. So what Don is bringing to the table is the knowledge and wisdom of God's health laws through his years of research and study. And he wants you to apply these natural, all natural. See, now we're not anti-medicine people. And I want y'all to know that. It's important that you know we are not anti-medicine. We believe God put medicine on the earth here because I'm telling you, without a lot of Christians, it'd be dead. That's so true. we know that God has given medicine and answers and science for people's health, but it's a bridge. It's supposed to be a bridge. It's supposed to get you from one point to the next point to walk in divine health. You're not supposed to be living on this bridge of medicine. That is not God's best. So no condemnation to you if that's where you're at right now. You're having to live on medicine. But if you will meditate upon the word of God, if you will find the promises of God, apply some of the principles that Don is bringing to you in the natural and merit with the word of God, I am telling you, you will see your health and your body be renewed and you will see you get younger and younger and stronger and stronger according That's to the word of younger God. Younger and younger looking. Okay. Well, looking, whatever, but I'm I'm believing for younger and younger. <laughs> <laughs> okay. so, That's great. But be it done unto you according to your faith. So anyway, so I'm excited. That's what we're trying to do. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge, and Don is trying to bring you the most accurate knowledge to deal with things in the natural. 
And of course, I want to just reiterate, we are people of faith. We believe the word of God is the ultimate authority in your health. The word of God, because by his stripes, you were not was going to be you were healed. And so you take that scripture, you eat on that gospel pill, and then you <laughs> begin to meditate upon that and what Don is going to teach you. And I'm telling you, you will be changed. Right. Now, today we're talking about adrenal restoration. Most people say, what on earth are the adrenal glands? Well, the adrenal glands, I like to tell people, are like the passing gear in your car. They're two little glands about the size of your thumb, not my thumb, your thumb, that sit just right above the kidney. And there's an acupuncture point for the adrenal glands, and it's right on the 11th rib. So I can literally touch someone's 11th rib, and if they're real tender, they've been having back pain, and they've been seeing their doctor and saying, I got pain right here. They're usually on that 11th rib, and that's the adrenal acupuncture point. And when that's really sore, that's a sign you've got adrenal fatigue. Now, you're going to understand adrenal fatigue a lot because I've been studying this for over 25 years and treating it for over 25 years, but the majority of doctors know nothing about adrenal fatigue. Yes, they know about uh, Addison's disease. Addison's disease is an, generally an autoimmune disease, which, by the way, President John F. Kennedy had that disease, and it's treated with cortisone. But Addison's is due generally to an autoimmune disease. It used to be due mainly uh, to tuberculosis. But literally, the adrenal glands are destroyed by generally autoimmunity. And then they have to take cortisone and aldosterone or fluoroneph the rest of their life. And I've got a few patients on this. And high amounts of salt. Because the, these people with low adrenals, what happened, or low adrenal functions or Addison's, now, Addison's is different. That's the most extreme case of low adrenals where they don't have any adrenal function and they need medication. Now, Don, years ago, they used to make people with Addison's or adrenal complete exhaustion. They'd have to go into a hospital and just sleep. They just stay Well, in these sure, because they didn't know how to treat them for years. Them. But still, most doctors don't even recognize low adrenal function. So we're going to show you how to recognize it and how to treat it naturally. When, even with food, first let your food be your medicine and faith. For without faith, it's impossible to please God. So my two favorite treatments for people are your foods and your faith. And then we take it a step further, just the seven pillars of health, which is a book I wrote about 15, 20 years ago. You know, and God told us right there in his word, he goes, I have given you every herb of the field exactly. for your healing. Exactly. Let the herbs of the field be there for your healing. So we've just got to uncover this. We've got to study this. We've got, and I'm telling you, I do not care what you are battling. I do not care what it is. You, it has a name. And God has an answer yes, for every absolutely. single disease in this earth. Now, it's your job. It's your job, not our job. It's your job to find those answers. God has them here in his word and in the natural, and you will just see your health spring forth. But there's one other thing they need, and they need certain nutrients that support the adrenal glands. And it's generally not medications, which is so exciting. It's just a few key nutrients and sleep and then walking in the word, especially Isaiah 26.3. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. 
And again, that's trusting in the Lord. We got to start trusting him and not trusting in the news. We got to literally turn off the bad news and turn on the good news of the word of God. Don, you know (laughs) something that there's so much to be said about people's mind cannot shut off. I mean, one thing I hear patients say when they come into you that's causing part of this adrenal fatigue, they can't sleep at night. Their mind never shuts off. Mm -mm. They can't quit thinking about what if because they're focusing in on the the negative news. Oh, the country is gone and this is happening and that is happening. That will know, exhaust right. you if that's where your faith and belief well, is. Well, your adrenals will never, never heal, heal if that's the case. If you go to bed listening to the news and let that go into you, mm-hmm. you're not going to have peace. You've got to listen to God's word when you go to sleep. When you go to, go to sleep listening to his word, you wake up refreshed. You sleep really good, really deep. So we're going to talk about this, but we're talking about adrenal restoration. And let's kind of paint the picture for you. First of all, back in the, around the 1930s, a doctor, a Canadian doctor, endocrinologist, Dr. Hans Selye, actually coined the term stress. He's the father of stress. And he was experimenting on these mice, and he was trying to find the next, uh, you know, uh, ovarian hormone. So he would inject these mice with this extra ovarian extract. And he noticed that these mice, and he was a real clumsy investigator or experimenter, and he had dropped the mice and chased them around the lab and use a broomstick to try and catch them. He stressed <laughs> these poor that. little mice to death. <laughs> and so then he, exa- he autopsied the mice after being on this extract for a while, and he found out the mice had ulcers and sh- shrunken thymus glands. That means the thymus is one of your main immune glands, so it shrunk the thymus gland, affected the immune system, and enlarged adrenal glands. So he says, this is kind of weird. So he repeated the experiment. But instead of using the ovarian extract, he used a placebo, just saline. And so he injected him with saline and did the same clumsy investigation, dropping the mice and chasing them around and stressing the poor little animals, autopsied them after a while and found the same exact thing, ulcers forming, shrunken thymus glands, enlarged adrenal glands. He said, aha, He had a revelation. He says, I literally stressed these animals, and these animals went through three stages of stress. And this is so important. It still pertains to today. First of all, the alarm stage, the adrenal glands, the adrenal medulla, the middle, if you want to be exact. I talk about this in my two books, Stressless and the Hormone Zone. But what happens with um, severe stress, your body likes, for example, if you were carjacked or if you were attacked by an animal, your body releases a lot of adrenaline. Adrenaline gets your blood pressure going. It constricts your arteries. It increases your breathing. It dilates your lungs. It makes your blood more prone to clot. And it pumps blood away from your digestive tract to your muscles so you can fight or flee. And I'm going to paint a picture in just a sec. And then what happens, now if this stress goes on long term, like you have PTSD and you keep reliving the attack or you're just you're in a bad relationship or going through a divorce and you're thinking about all the financial issues and all the problems and and what's going to happen to the kids. Then all of a sudden, another hormone starts to be secreted by the adrenal glands called cortisol. Now, cortisol is that hormone that enables us to withstand long-term stress. It makes us fat, too. I know, but this is what it does to us. <laughs> the first thing, when you have, see, our, our stress response was literally developed by God because we're fearfully and wonderfully made, and it's, it was meant to save our lives and then shut down. But if we have chronic, unremitting stress, These same stress hormones meant to save our lives slowly start to invite disease into our bodies. And here's how it works. 
high cortisol, which we shouldn't have high cortisol because we shouldn't be under chronic stress. Number one, it leads to obesity. Uh, high cortisol levels raise the blood sugar. When it raises blood sugar, it raises insulin. When it raises insulin, it programs your body to store fat, especially belly fat. And so I tell people sugar and stress are the dynamic duo for belly fat gaining. When you have lots of those and starches and, and carbs, you literally become a fat-forming machine, and the belly fat starts growing exponentially. So belly fat's the first thing. Then we start seeing elevated blood sugar. The blood sugar creeps up. You go to your doctor. He says, oh, you're pre-diabetic. You say, no one in my family's diabetic. They say, I don't care. You're pre-diabetic. You're almost diabetic. Why? Because high cortisol raises your blood sugar, causes you to eat more sugar, causes you to crave more sugar, carbs, and starches. Does it start to make sense? Also, it eventually causes those sex hormones to crash. The number one hormone that causes it to crash is progesterone. We're going to be talking about that later. But progesterone, the body actually uses your progesterone to make cortisol, the stress hormone. So the, when, when your progesterone goes low, all of a sudden you get irritable. And that's the PMS hormone. When and that's low, you're, you get PMS, chronic irritability. And, and that's the hormone that women have to have for coping. They're yes. coping so It helps if, them sleep. No, helps them, progesterone yeah. helps women sleep. It causes, and you're going to hear about this in a later podcast, but it also helps women grow beautiful heads of hair. It calms them down. It treats uh, PMS. It treats postpartum depression. Amazing. Most doctors don't know about that. But progesterone is that hormone that when your cortisol is up, that progesterone goes down and women turn into real nags and irritable and grumpy and their husband looks at them and says, what on earth happened to you? That's You're sweet. not the sweet woman I married. <laughs> what happened? Where is she? Well, yeah. that's because the cortisol, the chronic stress robbed the progesterone. It took the progesterone wow. as raw material and made cortisol and made that beautiful woman with an hourglass figure get the belly fat, it made her uh, have all this elevated blood sugar, elevated blood pressure. They crave salt. They start craving sugar, carbs, and starches, and then they start high cortisol causes depression, mm. and then they get depressed. They're not only grumpy, they're depressed. Their mood's just horrible. They don't want to get out of bed. They're just beat down. Then high cortisol causes bone loss. It literally cannibalizes the bones, and then it decreases immune function, and then eventually causes memory loss. Now, that's high cortisol. Now, let's talk about the last stage of stress that Dr. Hans Selye discussed, which was the exhaustion stage. This is when the person's burnout mentally, physically, and spiritually. They are literally burnt toast. They're burnt out. And when that happens, they start getting low blood sugar. Now, before with high cortisol, it was high. That starts dropping. They get out of bed, and they almost pass out. They get lightheaded all the time. They're craving salt all the time. They're eating salty nuts, salty crackers, anything with salt, salty chips, craving carbs and salt, just crazy uh, cravings. And then they get severe fatigue. But the crazy thing about it, they're so bone tired, but then they can't sleep at night. Because that's what happens when you're burnt out in the exhaustion stage of stress. It made me think about the time we were in church one day and the music was playing, you know, I exalt thee. And I stood there and I just started going, I'm exalted. <laughs> that's, that's, when you, that's when you were burnt out. <laughs> that's when we were being human doings and not human beings. We had forgotten how to be. Oh. And, okay, but other symptoms real quick are 
immune system problems, autoimmune problems start to creep in. And I developed this with my story with psoriasis. Abdominal issues start because what happens when you're chronically stressed and especially when your cortisol goes down, your pancreas doesn't put out the pancreatic enzyme. So people get bloating, gas, IBS symptoms, all of this stuff because literally that the digestive enzymes are not being secreted adequately and blood is shunted more to the muscles so they don't digest good. And also what happens, they, they get drive, low libido, low testosterone, and finally they're prone to Alzheimer's disease, autoimmune disease, and cancer. Why? Because the immune system is so weak because cortisol, the right amount, is important for good immune function. Now, the best way to actually demonstrate this is to tell a story, and I'm going to have Mary tell it because she tells it so much better than me. <laughs> well, and, you know, I'm, I have been such an example to almost everything Don's ever written right. about. I don't know what the deal is here. But uh, we had a lake house, uh, which we no longer have anymore, because Don got tired of cutting the grass in the lake that the water had dried up from. And we're believing and speaking to the water. He'd come back, come back, <laughs> come back. And he'd go out and cut the grass in the lake because he just knew one day that water was going to come back and he didn't want. I did have faith. <laughs> <laughs> I did have faith the water would come back. Then, Even though my boat dock literally had uh, weeds as high as, as tall as I was. <laughs> it was so crazy, crazy, crazy. But he didn't want that grass when the water come back, you know, sticking through the water. So anyway, long story short. My son had paddled a paddle boat that we have across the lake to a friend's house, and then the lake began drying up, and he couldn't get it, you know, back because there were too many areas that the water just wasn't there anymore. <laughs> it was in a bad drought. Years ago, this happened here in Lake Mary, and so we sold the house, and we had to go get the paddle boat. So Don said, y'all go, y'all take the truck. My nephew was with us and Kyle, and we were just going to lift it. It was lightweighted and put it in the back of the truck and bring it back. So we go over to the house and we called the people before we got there because told them we're coming to get our paddle boat. And they were like, sure, that's fine. So I was, we pulled up in the truck and I was on the phone talking to somebody and I heard this dog in the distance just going crazy. So I walk around the house and I look down toward the water where the boat is and I see my nephew crouched with a pit bull uh, trying to attack him. They owned, The owners had a pit bull and they had put the pit bull in on the second story of the house and they just didn't think that it'd jump off the porch of the second story, but it did when Danny and, and Kyle went to go get it. So I look and I see Danny crouch. Now Danny owned pit bulls back in South Carolina where his parents lived and so he thought he could you know calm the dog and but the dog wasn't going to have it he was in full force attack mode and so Danny is taking his fist and he is hitting the dog in the head with every lunge with all the power that he could to knock that dog in the head and keep him from attacking him and he is you have to understand this dog was in full force now I had seen a movie, not a movie, a show on Discovery Channel, and it talked about what to do when you are being attacked by a dog. And, attack, and he gave some tips on what you do not do. First thing he said is do not look the dog back in its eyes. The dog will see that as a threat. 
And he said, the second thing you don't do is try to run from him. And he said, the third thing you don't do is don't let anything be frailing or swinging because they will see that as aggression. So you don't run, you don't glare it in its eyes, and you don't try to swing anything at it. Well, Danny's doing all of that. He's swinging his arms, hitting him, glaring him down. Now, I didn't see this, but my son that really invigorated the dog, the dog went after him first and chased him into the water. And so that's where the dog got all worked up. And so my son jumped off of the lake and had taken his shoe off because the dog jumped into the water after him, just, you know, going after him. And he took his shoe and hit him in the head, trying to and make the dog, kept hitting him in the head and knocking him underwater. He didn't want to drown the dog. I don't know why. Don't Dog lovers, don't, don't write me. I don't want to hear about it. Because this dog was a mean dog. <laughs> and he, he wouldn't. My son's a dog lover. And he just hit him in the head, let him go underwater a second. And then he'd come back up and try to attack him. Well, the dog was madder than you can imagine by now. So when he came out of the water, he went after Danny. And that's where I come around and catch him and Danny in, in the fight. Now, so, one second before okay. that. Now, it had, first of all, the pit bull had jumped off the second floor balcony and had chased Kyle, my son. And Kyle had jumped in the water. He jumped off the pier with his clothes on, with his watch, everything on, into the water and swam away. And then the dog got frustrated. And then he turned around and came back. And then he attacked Danny. Now Danny was fighting for his life. But then Mary screaming over on the hill saying, Danny, don't look at him in the eye. So the dog turns around, looks at Mary, and then takes off after her. I am screaming at the top of my lungs, Danny, don't look at him. And my, my nephew looked up at me like, Mary, Aunt Mary, do you not see what's <laughs> going on? Have you lost your mind? Can you not see I'm in a battle here? But I'm just thinking about what I had seen on the TV, and I'm wanting him to quit looking. Now this dog's headed toward me, and I thought, oh, my God, I can't <laughs> run. He says, do not try to outrun him, okay? And then I'm, I'm thinking as this dog's coming up the hill in full force attack. <laughs> I mean, you can imagine I'm just roaring at me. So I turned my back to the dog, put my arms up so it wouldn't be frailing, and all I could think is, this man better be right. And I thought, thank you for the blood of Jesus. Thank you for the blood of Jesus over me right now. Angels, stand around me, guard me, protect me. I'm trusting that this man knew what he was saying. <laughs> and that dog runs up, and I could see him out the side of my eye come around to the front of me trying to make eye contact. And so I turned to the right, and he's chasing me around trying to... He was determined to make eye contact with me, and I was not going to let him <laughs> make eye contact with me because I already knew that was the first law I could not violate. And I'm now I'm a spinning top in the meantime, and this dog is spinning around me, barking and railing, trying to first make contact with me. In the meantime, neighbors had come out, saw the commotion and everything, and he had already attacked Danny and bit a plug out of his leg. So trying to get Danny down on the ground so he could attack his throat. Now, this was a 110-pound pit bull. This thing was huge. This dog was a big dog. And I could hear sirens in the distance because someone had called the police. So I knew the police were coming. And um, in the meantime, I'm spinning 
Finally, the owner got out of the house and came down trying to grab him, and she was a little petite thing, and she was grabbing a hold of his neck trying to hold him, and he wasn't going to have it because he was ready for a fight. <laughs> and he heads back down toward Danny because he got frustrated. I would refuse to look him in the eye. So next thing you know, the police are there, and they had a net, and they grabbed him, and it was over. So now I said, Danny, we got to get you back to the office because I see his legs bleeding, and I'm thinking, I don't know, it through his jeans, it's bad. So we get there, and we go in, and Kyle and Danny are laughing, telling everybody the story, and I'm sick to my stomach. I'm shaking. I can hardly breathe. I am a complete nervous wreck. I, I look like the wind blowing and, <laughs> you know, the, a tree blowing in the wind because I couldn't quit shaking. And then Don. Well, let me explain what happened now. Here's Danny and here's Kyle. They both come in. Like she said, they were joking and laughing. And I'd look at the area and it doesn't, Danny's legs fine. Just needs a few little steri strips. Clean it up. Give him a tap. That's just he's fine. Start him on a few little antibiotics to make sure. And then Kyle, nothing. He's just wet, just drenched with because he jumped in the lake and saved him. He got away from the crazy dog. So here's the key. Kyle, my son, fled. Now, when you flee, you burn off those stress chemicals. He fled. Danny, my nephew, fought. But when you fight, fight or flight, you burn off those stress chemicals, that adrenaline. That's like supercharging your body. So he was able to fight and, and save his life. But Mary neither fought nor fled, but literally stood there rotating, stewing in her own adrenaline stress juices. So she was stuck in alarm stage. Then she got stuck in the resistance stage of stress with high cortisol levels. And because she neither fought nor fled. But what happened is after that, I noticed that Mary had clenched fists all the time. She was red. She was still stuck in that fight. She was still imagining the fight over and over. She's in the fight. She, at night, she was in the fight. And she was literally replaying that, that she almost died, that she almost literally got eaten up or, you know, because as soon as that dog, that dog planned to go for her neck, pull her to the ground, grab a limb, grab her arm, pull her to the ground, then go right for the jugular and carotid, jugular vein and the carotid arteries and kill her. That's the, that's the dog's plan, but it was interrupted. But my wife still saw herself, that dog pulling her to the ground, going for her neck, and her not being here anymore. So what happened— I was full of vain imaginings. Right, exactly. <laughs> so luckily for us, because this was, this was 25 years ago or so, and I didn't have the information back then, but we went on a cruise. We had a cruise schedule literally that next week. During that cruise, we went to these crazy comedy clubs, did all this crazy stuff, and laughed and belly laughed and laughed. At first, Mary was walking around with her fists clenched all the time. I said, Mary, relax your fists. Relax. Just laugh. Just enjoy. And then finally, she reframed it. She says, you know what? And, and literally, it became like a light went off in her brain. She says, I'm seeing that dog is almost killing me. I now see the angels of God protected me. God protected me by showing me that program two weeks before the attack. How was I to know what to do? But literally, God showed me this program, how to respond to a dog attack, and literally gave me that knowledge, that information. And then I was able to stand there and bear it. But thank you, Lord. The angels literally stood around, protected me, and she literally had a Holy Ghost spiritual faith shift 
from fear into faith. And literally, I watched her as that stress went off of her. She I, I literally began to praise God and, and thank him for his divine wisdom and counsel. And I had to really resist the vain imaginings that the enemy wanted me to concentrate on is, well, you almost, you almost, well, you almost. And I had to stop and think, no, no, I can't focus on the almost. I want to focus on what God did and his protection and his provision and, and how it works. And so I had to make it. Now, what's amazing to me, and I learned through this process with Don, is you see people walking around with clenched stress. I mean, we, fist. Fist, we go to the airport and stuff. Don will spot people and go, look at that man over there. Man, he is under stress. I'm like, what? What do you mean? Look at his fists. They're clenched. Or you, or know, you can tell by their other areas. Are, yeah, their shoulders are tight. Or what happens when you see your stress becomes locked in different areas of your body? Like I'll see people with their shoulders hiked up where their shoulders almost touching their ears. And I says, look, it's it's literally the stress is stuck in their shoulders or their neck or their back or uh, their legs or their fists, usually their fists, especially because that's literally the people are reliving their stress. It almost is like a PTSD, mm-hmm. post-traumatic stress disorder, where they relive it, and the stress response keeps going off, and they stay in that resistance stage with high cortisol, and they go to their doctor, and they're taking high blood pressure medicine. They're mm-hmm. taking antidepressants, blood sugar medicines. They're taking all kinds of medicines, but it's the effects of the chronic, unrelenting stress. Well, we got to do have that shift in the thinking and we got to get on the other side. Now, I help people reframe. And I also take people through what I call my forgiveness therapy. It's trauma resolution therapy, mm-hmm. where I just did it this last week to a young lady whose brother died uh, a year ago, and she hadn't been able to sleep. And so I took her through this therapy, had her reframe it, had her see her brother, you know, with Jesus in heaven, clothed in white, laughing, smiling, happy, dancing. And literally, she made that shift. And she was able to sleep for the first time in over a year just by reframing. And we do that a lot. But so important, so many people don't even recognize their adrenals are shot or they're they're, they're stuck in the alarm, the resistance, or the exhaustion stage. So let's just tell you how you know real quick. we got to give them that and give them an answer. And the answers. We're going to go over the answers real quick. But first, how do you recognize it? First of all, most everyone with adrenal fatigue, now I see this in probably 90% of my patients that come to see me, they literally have adrenal fatigue. And so first, what I do when I examine, I always check that 11th rib in their back. And most people, when I, when I press on that 11th rib, it's sore. And they say, they've said, well, I've told my doctor that hundreds of times, and he's done nothing. He said, just take a little anti-inflammatory, a little Advil, a little aspirin, a little naproxen or a leave or something like that. It never works. I said, that's because your adrenals are fatigued. Another way you can do it is lay down in bed and, uh, and, and check your blood pressure. And then when you stand up, your blood pressure should rise about 10 or 20 points when you stand. So... Take your blood pressure line, record it, then stand up, and then take it immediately. If your pressure doesn't rise, but here's what happens with adrenal fatigue, it'll drop usually 5 to 10 points when you stand up. And get dizzy. And you'll get dizzy. And this is another key symptom I hear. People get lightheaded. When they go from a line to a stand position, they get woozy, lightheaded, and they crave salt. That's another sign. Another way, I just performed this this week on a, on a young girl I saw who, was pr- who just had delivered. A, uh, she, she was postpartum four months, 
and the baby's keeping her up all night, and she wasn't sleeping. She says, I'm always light, and when I stand up, I'm about to faint. And I checked her. I said, you got adrenal fatigue, severe adrenal fatigue. And when a woman has adrenal fatigue, it's amazing how progesterone helps those women. Checked her progesterone level. It was low. Put her on the micronized bioidentical progesterone at night because it helps her sleep like a baby. I told her to uh, go back to her home, let her mom stay over there until, the, until she's getting her sleep. And so what happened is literally she starts sleeping. She's taking this supplement that we gave her for the adrenals. And she's taking a lot of salt, and she's feeling so much better just within a few days. But that leads me to what I did to show her is I I took her in a dark room, and I I shined a pin light in her eye. And when you shine that pin light from the side into the eye, the pupil is supposed to constrict and stay constricted. But with severe adrenal fatigue, you'll shine it in the eye, then the pupil, after 30 seconds or so, will start to dilate. And that's another sign of adrenal fatigue. So those are simple little tests anyone can do. And it's in my books. And what that's called is that's called a, a Rostov sign is when the pupil dilates. And the blood pressure drop is called the Raglan sign. But, again, very few people do check that. Now, now we're, how do we treat it? That's the we're question. We're out of time. Well, i got to tell them how wait, to treat wait, wait it. Wait a minute. They're going to have to get your book. They're going to have well, to get Well, they're going to have book. to, but i got to go with just the – real quick. Okay. I have three different adrenal rebuilders. First, the mildest is Drenamin. It's a supplement we use at our office. And the second is adrenal desiccated. Both of these are standard process. And the third and the best is DSL for de-stress formula. Also real important for women, I find most women with adrenal fatigue severe need micronized progesterone, which we'll talk about in a later podcast. For men, the secret sauce for helping their adrenals is testosterone. Most of these men, when their adrenals are shot, need the extra testosterone. And that is amazing how it heals them. I watch it all the time in your practice. Yes, and we've already talked about that. Now, the third thing that helps when your adrenals are totally shot, we do a simple little nutritional IV called a Myers IV. And we do that a lot at the office for those with severe adrenal fatigue. But the most important is knowing and, and repeating in your mind Isaiah 26, 3, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on me because he trusts in me. And Philippians 4, 6, it says, don't worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Don't forget to be thankful. Let your request be made known unto God. And then the peace of God that passes all understanding. That's perfect peace will keep your heart and mind fixed on Christ Jesus. Now, the podcast has been brought to you by drcolbert.com. That's our website. You can go there, learn about the products, learn about the books, and you can listen to the podcast as well again, and you will learn a whole lot of information. Stay with us because our next podcast is just as good. It's coming.